Turn with me in the scriptures to Romans, the third chapter, verses that we looked at previously. We've been on a new series for a few weeks now that we're calling Real Faith. Real Faith. Romans 3 and 3. It says, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? These are questions. What's the answer to these questions? What if some didn't believe? What does that prove? Well, it proves they didn't believe. What it does not prove is that faith didn't work. What if some didn't believe? Well, then they didn't. And, and this is just a fact. This is a reality of things in this world. Jesus preached and taught and ministered, demonstrated faith in the word for at least three and a half years of ministry. And uh, not everybody believed what he taught. There were times most of his crowd left and didn't agree with what he preached and didn't come back. Now that might be hard for us to fathom, but this is Jesus. Most of the religious leaders, the temple leaders of his day, told their congregations to stay out of his meetings. Stay away from him. He he taught error. He was wrong. Some of them even taught their people that he had a demon. Yeah. This is Jesus. Paul. There are people that believed what he preached and got saved and got filled and, and they started churches. And there are other people that did their best to kill him. Paid their own way to follow him around from city to city. Cause trouble. Create riots. This is the truth. Whether Paul or the master himself, certainly you or I or any other minister, some will believe and some are not going to believe. And what if some don't believe? We don't need to fall off our chair because somebody didn't believe. We don't need to take it to heart and say, well, I can't go on because they didn't accept what I gave them. They didn't accept what Paul gave them. They didn't accept what Jesus gave them. The servant's not greater than his master. So no, I mean, I had to learn that some years ago. Not to take it personal. There was an occasion where the Lord dealt with me. Stayed up uh, most of the night and prayed about some things. And the Lord gave me some instructions for some individuals. And an individual. And I shared it with them. Didn't really want to. But I did. And man, they didn't accept it at all. They shut me off like a water faucet. <laughs> and uh, afterwards, I, I was like, Lord, you know, I was taking it personally. I, I was like, Lord, you know, I thought we were friends and, and this and that. And uh, he said, son, don't take it personally. They didn't accept what I said. Why would you be shocked if they didn't accept what you said? 
See, you don't, you don't realize, what are you acting like? You're acting like you can get through where God didn't. Now, Lord, I know they're not listening to you, but let me give it a shot. I think I can get through to them. No, no. You just need to, I know it's not going to make you happy, but don't let it shock you. Or cause you to get discouraged. Or give up and quit. You know some are going to believe. Some are not going to believe. No matter what. Some are going to receive. Some are not going to receive. Well what if some don't believe? Well then they won't. You preach the gospel to every creature. Are all of them going to receive it? No. All of them going to believe it? No. But if they don't. you What do you do? You just go. Okay, next. You want to believe this? What if they don't? Next. You, you want to believe this? Because somebody is. Somebody will. And when they do, things are going to happen. They're going to get some miracles in their life. Glory to God. But shall the unbelief of those that did not believe, will their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? What's the next verse say? God forbid. No way. No way. One of the strongest ways you could say it. No way. Absolutely not. Their unbelief does not change God's faithfulness and doesn't change the powerful effectiveness of our faith in God. Now in uh, 1 Timothy 1 and verse 4. It says, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith. Now the end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Faith unfeigned. Now, this is King James. Uh, when's the last time you used the word unfeigned in your normal conversation? <laughs> Methinkest thou dost feigneth that. Is not how, <laughs> how what, what did I just say? Say you almost need a translation. In Arkansas, you'd say, I think you're putting on. Right? <laughs> so sometimes we need a little translation. Feign means pretend. Fain, or we might say fake. Or phony. Pretend. Well, unfeigned would mean not pretend. Not pretend. If there's a faith that is not pretend, what else does that mean? There is a fake, phony faith. There's a phony faith. Now, sadly, there's been a number of people who have backed off of faith. People who years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, were as strong talking about faith and preaching and teaching about faith and 
and confession and believing you receive and these things as anybody. But over the passage of time, they have seen situations that didn't work out the way they were in their thinking or endeavoring to believe. And to them, without maybe coming right out and say it, it looks like that faith stuff didn't work, doesn't work. And so they've been open to something else. Well, there's really only one other thing. And that is, if you're not going to believe that our life and what we receive and what we have and do is tied to our faith and our believing God and walking in faith, if you don't believe that, there's only one other thing, one other position. That is, it's up to God. Some form, version of it. That it's really up to Him. It's all up to Him. Well, if it's all up to Him, what's the point of you doing anything? I mean, if He's going to do what He's going to do, no matter what you do, What's the point of praying? Because he's going to do what he's going to do. No matter what you do. That's just not true. Jesus revealed in his life and ministry again and again he told people according to your faith. According to your faith. As you believed. That has not changed. That's never going to change. But it is true. That what people called faith and didn't get results in, that it didn't work because it wasn't real faith. Sometimes people say, well, you know what, I, I stood and I prayed and I believed and I trusted God and it didn't work. And I don't even have to know any more details to go, no, that's not true. Nobody ever trusted in him and was made ashamed. Never has happened, never will. There's been a lot of folks, though, that did stuff that they called faith. I've made mistakes. You've made mistakes if you've gone very far along this line. But just because it worked out that you weren't really in faith and you didn't believe, will your unbelief render the faith of God useless, vain, not worth anything? God forbid, show some humility. Admit, you missed it somewhere. Why does it have to be that God let you down? <laughs> Why does it have to be that faith didn't work? That the word didn't come through? Man, that's a lot of pride. That's a lot of pride that the first thing hits your mind. It didn't work. Well, God, you let me know. Never occurred to you? Maybe something else happened besides God letting you down? No. God is faithful. And faith works. Every time. If you're talking about real faith. Real faith. Now, we've already gone through a couple of instances. I believe the Lord's given them to us. Of examples of feigned faith, fake faith. The first one was imitation faith. 
imitating somebody else's faith is not real faith. Secondly, anybody remember what the second one was that we talked about? Presumptuous faith is not real faith. Presumptuous faith. I want to go on to another one today. We want to identify what is not faith. That that can help us to to realize uh, if we're doing some things and calling it faith, but it's not faith, we'll identify it and go, no, that ain't right. I can't do that. Got to get in some real faith here. Another type of false faith is what I'll call baseless faith. Baseless faith. Look with me in two places. Romans, the 10th chapter. Romans 10. Verse 14. Romans 10, 14. The Lord gave me some good things last night. I'm, there's a couple of phrases you're not going to want to miss on this. How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? What's the answer? They can't, they won't. How will they believe in him in whom they've not heard? They can't, they won't. Now, many of you have heard these verses before, but he's telling us, the Spirit of God through Paul is telling us how faith doesn't work. You can't believe what you haven't heard. Say it out loud. You can't believe what you haven't heard. How shall they hear without a preacher? Now here's something a lot of folks had not acknowledged either. You can't hear what you need to hear without a preacher. And sometimes people say, well, no, now, you know, just me and Jesus and my Bible. We got all I'll ever need. Really? Then what does that mean? <laughs> How can you hear? It's mostly I can hear whatever I need to hear. No, you can't. Not without the way he's ordained that you get it. God has ordained that we get things through other body parts. You know, I mentioned this before, but one of the first, we have a marriage meeting here every year, and we have a week of increase. Now we have a greater faith conference. But in the beginning, the Lord, I believe, I'm confident that he directed us to have those two meetings every year. And uh one of the first times we had one, a marriage meeting, not everybody showed up. And we, we had a great meeting, but you just knew a bunch of the church didn't come. And, and, and I was praying about it, and I thought, the Lord, you know, should I say anything about it? And, and the Lord dealt with me, no, don't, don't say anything about it, except this. If I deal with you and Phyllis to have a meeting, and you and all the people and the helpers and the teams work to make this a reality, and I give revelation and I give light in the, the meetings and I deal with the people to come and they don't come. They are responsible for everything that came out in that meeting, even though they did not come. Because I provided it I, and I dealt with them to come. 
And I prepared them to be able to see it and hear it and receive it. And they will need these answers in their marriage. And they will come up against things. And they won't have it. But they'll be responsible for it. Because it was given to them. And it was made available to them. Well, they may be thinking, well, I can just read those marriage scriptures at home and be fine. Not if God ordained to give you some things through that ministry and through those meetings. You can't get those things any other way. It requires obedience. Everybody say obedience. Which is another word for faith. If you believe something enough, you will obey. And so... uh, There's reasons why God associates us with churches, with ministries, with different gifts, because he's ordained that we get things through these body parts, through the, because you don't, how many would acknowledge this? You don't have all the anointings on you. You don't have all revelation, right? And so God would give you some things through these different anointings and graces that you're not going to get. I mean, I can raise my hand and, and, and both hands and one foot about there being things I have read in the Bible. I don't know how many times. And then I heard somebody anointed preach on it. And man, I heard things I'd never heard before. Is that you? I, I saw things I'd never seen before. I wouldn't have gotten that on my own. How will they hear Without a preacher, this has to do with the anointing. Another way of saying it, how can you get it without the anointing? You can't. You won't. Keep going. How shall they preach except they be sent? That's, a, that's another way of talking about the anointing. Not just anybody can stand up and say, okay, I'm a preacher now. And I'm going to minister to you. You're going to get revelation that will change your life. Not if they're not called. Not if they're not anointed. Unless they be sent. As it is written. How beautiful are the feet of them. That preach the gospel of peace. And bring glad tidings of good things. Aren't we thankful? Oh I'm so thankful for the men and women in my life. And Phyllis life. That God has used and continues to use. All the answers. All the help. All the direction. I mean it's nothing short of life saving. Glory to God. Healing. Delivering. Prospering, protecting. Somebody say, thank God, thank God. Verse 16. But they've not all obeyed the gospel. Just what I was talking about. Even though it's available. A lot of people have spurned it. Have despised it. Have treated it as insignificant. As unimportant. I don't have time for it. You know. Got to cut my grass. This is the only week you could cut your grass. During the week of the meeting. Had to do this, had to do that. What they don't realize, it's not just a meeting they're spurning. They're demonstrating God is not priority in their life. Sometimes ignorantly, but it's, it's costing people. They've not obeyed the gospel. Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? See, all, all of this he's talking about believing, believing, believing. Verse 17. So then... <laughs> He was building up to this. So then faith comes by hearing. But now don't pull this out apart from the rest of this passage. And hearing by the word of God. Actually, 
the word God is not the perfect word here. The word is Christ. If you look at the text, the original text, it's the word Christ. The word for anointing. And it's significant because how does faith come? How are you going to hear without the preacher? How's the preacher going to preach without the anointing? How are you going to get faith in what you hear without the anointing? Christ. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word anointed would be an accurate translation. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word anointed. Somebody say thank you Lord. I mentioned the term baseless faith. Faith in God is based on hearing from him. And you can't have faith any other way. Faith in God. There's been all kind of cases where people said they were believing for something. But they did not receive a word from the Lord about it. And so they don't have a basis for their faith. Hebrews 11.1 tells you what faith is. What does it say? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Those two words, substance and evidence, give us a lot of insight into what faith is. But the word substance, it literally means, the Greek word literally means that which stands under, a setting under. Faith is the foundation, or you could say confidence. Confidence is what you stand on. You can't have faith without foundation. You can't have faith without a base. See why I say faith, baseless faith, or faith without a a foundation. When we're talking about faith, we're not just talking about faith in ourselves. We're not just talking about faith in faith, or faith in faith principles, or faith in principles. We're talking about faith in a person. And you can't have faith in the person. Unless you talk to the person once in a while. And commune with the person. At least once in a while. And you got to hear from the person. Oh somebody say hear from the person. You got you to hear from the person. But some folks have heard just enough scriptures on faith. And they thought well I'm going to use that. All things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible to him that believes. That sounds great. All things. All things are possible to him that believes. I believe, so all things are possible to me. So I'm going to believe that Brother Keith comes and cuts my grass. <laughs> are you now? Don't hold your breath. What do you say? If I really believe it, if I really believe it, you'll have to. No, I won't. Mm. 
Because that's not faith. Let's say. Let's say that uh, I'm, I came in here today and, uh, and this is all for an example. I'm not saying this. <laughs> but if I pulled out a big roll of $100 bills and I said, praise the Lord, I'm blessed. And I just feel like I'm supposed to give 50 people in this place a $100 bill each. I said, I'm, I'm going to give 50 people in this place a $100 bill each. If I said that, could you have faith to receive one of those $100 bills? Let's say you needed a $100 bill. And I'm going to give a $100 bill. Can you have faith to receive one of them? Can you? Because you're a believer. And all things are possible. To him that believes. Can you? Can you? Let's say you said, yeah, I can. I need one. And, and I'm just going to say, yeah, I, by faith I claim I'm one of those people. I'm, I'm one of those people. I believe I receive it. And you came up to me after the service and I said, who told you I was going to give you a $100 bill? What would you say? I did not. I did not. I said 50 people in this room. You could not have faith to receive one of these bills. Impossible. Faith in me doing something for you can only be based on what you heard me tell you. Why am I talking about this? Why am I talking about this? Because so many people have said, I'm going to believe for this. I'm believing for this. I claim this. I say this. And it sounded like faith to people around them. It looked like faith to people around them. But it was baseless faith. It was based on nothing. Now what if I came in I said, man, I'm really blessed today. And I had two big rolls, $100 bills. And I just believe... That I'm supposed to, and I'm going to give whosoever will in here a hundred dollar bill. Could you have faith to get a hundred dollar bill? Yes, you could. Because you're one of the ones in here. Why am I talking about this? The enemy knows if he can't get you to just stay away from faith, he'll try to confuse you about it, get you to do dumb stuff, and then it doesn't work, and it brings reproach, and then you just give up on the whole thing. And say, well, that doesn't work. Oh, it works wonderful when it's real faith. Somebody say real faith. But the only way you can believe is how? How will they call on him in whom they hadn't believed? You can't. Somebody say, you can't. How will you believe on what you haven't heard? How? Can you believe what you haven't heard? You cannot. You cannot. You can, you can say you're believing. You can do try things. But it's not faith. It's not faith. I know. Uh, Brother Hagen. Mentioned something that. I thought was interesting. Brother Kenneth Hagen Sr. Who's in heaven now. My father in the faith. He said the very first time. He ever used his faith. 
to his knowledge was when he was a 16-year-old boy, bedfast, given up to die. And the doctors had told his grandparents that he was living with that he wanted him, wanted Brother Hagen to, to eat a certain diet, certain foods he wanted him to eat. And he said these foods made him sick, made him nauseous just to smell them cooking in the house. But he knew that the doctor said he needed them and he was learning some things about faith. So he prayed, asked the Lord to help him to be able to eat these foods without being sick and he believed he received changes. And over the course of just days, he got to where they didn't bother him anymore and like he would say, you know, those decades later now, that's some of his favorite foods. He, he enjoyed them. But he said not too long after that, that uh, he ate breakfast one morning and got sick, acute indigestion. And he thought, what is, what is that? So he left off this and left off that. And as a final thing to leave off, he left off the coffee. He had been drinking coffee since he was a little kid. So uh, he said, uh, he thought, well, maybe I drank it on an empty stomach. So I'll, I'll eat breakfast first. Then drink my coffee. Got sick again. And he, I'll drink it a little bit all the way through. Got sick again. I, I, I'll uh, drink it weaker. Got sick again. And so he, he said, but I knew. Is everybody listening? Yeah. I knew I couldn't use my faith on that coffee. Like I used it on that food. Because there was no food value in it. And it's not something I needed. And I didn't have a witness. Are y'all with me friends? How does faith come? By hearing. See he heard something. Through the word and by the spirit. About that diet. He got a quickening. And a confidence. I can believe for this. But when it came to that coffee. He couldn't get it. He said, I, I knew it'd be folly for me to try to use my faith on that. But I said, yeah, but all things are possible. All things are possible. That's reasoning, not revelation. It is true that all things are possible to him that believes. It is not true that you can believe all things. I can't take credit for that. The Lord gave me that last night. <laughs> it is true. All things are possible to him or her that believes. It is not true that you can believe all things. You can only believe. How can they believe? Everybody awake. How can you believe without hearing? How can you hear unless there's some anointed preaching and teaching? And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word anointed. There's got to be a quickening to you. Come on, can you see this? You can't just pull anything off the top of your head and say, I'm going to believe this. Because all things are possible to him that believes. No, there's other scriptures too. 
They have to go together. Look in John 15, please. John 15, verse 4. I believe we're making progress. What do you think? What do we want, want to get rid of? Fake, phony, imitation faith, presumptuous faith, baseless faith. We want to get rid of all of that junk and have real faith. What if some did some things that they called faith and it didn't work? Does that change the faith of God? God forbid. It just means somebody got off track. We've all gotten off track. And the reason being is the devil is scared of your faith. He's scared of it. He and his cohorts. He's scared of it. So when he sees you focusing in on faith and feeding your faith and endeavoring to exercise your faith, man, he pulls out the stops to mislead you, to confuse you, to get you off somehow so that you do something that's not faith, you get discouraged, but the main thing is that you leave faith alone. But we're not ignorant of his devices. And even though we've stumbled and made some mistakes and even done some dumb stuff. Come on, I know you just you're like me. You hadn't gone far in the Lord trying to walk by faith without doing some dumb stuff. And calling it faith. But let's don't blame God and let's don't say faith didn't work. Let's just come back and fess up and say, I did something dumb. But I'm not quitting. I'm learning. I'm growing and I'm going to focus my faith and I'm going to get rid of the junk and have real faith and God's will is going to be done in my life and he's going to be glorified. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. Can you produce apart from a vital connection with him? You can't. I'm the vine. You're the branches. He that abides in me and I in him the same brings forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. There's got to be a living communion. And communion has to do with two-way communication. If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered. Men gather him and cast him to the fire, and they're burned. If, somebody say if, if, if. If you abide, we'd say today, live. If you live or, or stay in me, and my words live or stay in you, you'll ask what you will. Why? Because... You're talking to him every day. You're hearing from him every day. Can you see this? Then you'll ask what you will. And it shall be done to you. But if we're not communing with him. And his words are not abiding in us. And we're trying to believe for something that he didn't tell us. He didn't talk to us about. It's going to end badly. 
going to end badly. I know talking about Brother Hagin again. Not too many years after I got there, the Bronco incident occurred. <laughs> what I mean is uh, Brother Hagin had a nice Lexus sedan that he drove most of the time. But if the weather was bad or icy or snowy or something like that, he had an older Bronco that he would drive. And I mean, it wasn't real old, but it wasn't new and it was, but he liked his Bronco. It set up high and he could see. Well, somebody decided that they was going to claim Brother Hagen's Bronco. This is one of the Ramah students that was going to school at the time. Because all things are possible to him that believes. And whatsoever thing you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And he decided he desired Brother Hagen's Bronco. So he just believed he received it and claimed it and confessed it and told his friends about it too, obviously. And then when it, it came, it was Christmas time, and uh, Brother Hagen was ministering in healing school in the afternoon as well as in the classes in the morning. And so this uh, young man sent word to Brother Hagen that uh, he'd let him uh, drive the Bronco through Christmas vacation, but then after that he was ready for it. <laughs> Is that faith? How you know? All things are possible to him that believes. You wouldn't have been able to tell him he wasn't believing. He's convinced. He's in faith about this. Well, Brother Hagen, I heard his response personally. <laughs> he said, No, he's not getting my Bronco. No, he's a never getting my Bronco. <laughs> he said, how do they sit right there? And here you talk about faith and come up with this. <laughs> well, it shouldn't be that surprising to us. Why? Because the devil is afraid of faith. And if he sees people getting on faith and learning about faith, what's he going to do? He's going to try if he can't get you get off of it completely, get you sidetracked some way. Get you skewed. Come on, can you see that? Skewed some way. Imitation faith, presumptuous faith, baseless faith. Bottom line, so that you say and do stuff and it doesn't work. And then the enemy can come and say, see there, see there. That's a bunch of junk. Nothing to that. And so... Uh, <laughs> He kept that Bronco so long, Brother Hagen did. Thought the wheels was going to come off. I mean, he, it's like he was not getting rid of it at that point. I mean, <laughs> I'm talking about years and years. I'd say, Dad, why don't you get a new truck? Oh, I like my Bronco. Keeping my Bronco. Eventually, we did talk him into it. But why did that young man claim Brother Hagen's Bronco anyway? Why would you do that? Go to John. I'll show you in the scriptures. Why would you claim somebody's bronco? <laughs> you were there in John, what was it, uh, 15. Just look over in John 5. Now, 
This is not the first time this has happened. The enemy will tempt you to claim other people's stuff. He'll tempt you to do it. Things that you want that they have. That can't be faith. That violates the word that commands us not to covet. We're commanded specifically not to covet. Your donkey, your ox, house, spouse, anything that your neighbor has. I mean, if he wanted a bronco, why not just believe for a bronco? Lots of them around, people wanting to sell them. Why claim Brother Hagen's bronco at Ramah while you're a student? In John 5, are you there? Verse 44, Jesus said this. How can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that comes from God only? Let me read some other translations. The BBE says, how is it possible for you to have faith while you take honor from one another and have no desire for the honor which comes from the only God? The complete English version, the CEV says, how could you possibly believe you like to have your friends praise you? And you don't care about the praise that the only God can give. Why would you do that? You are trying to impress other people with your faith. And this is a giant mistake. I'm going to prove to them that healing is real. No, you're about to have a fall. I'm going to prove to them that what I believe about the word is right. I'm going to prove to them that uh, prosperity is right. I'm going to prove to them I got faith and I can get this. And I can. You're seeking your own glory. And it's not going to end well. It's going to end badly because that's not real faith. That's getting over into some presumption again. But it's baseless. How can you believe without hearing? Hearing from him. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word anointed. We should start out every day. We should start out every situation. We should start out every challenge, every attack, anything that comes up where we know we're going to have to use faith. How do you start? You look to God. And you Father, what do I say? What do I believe? Acknowledging I can't do anything. Without you. And I can't show anybody anything. It's not my job. To prove that God is real. Not my job to prove the Bible is true. It was doing fine on its own. Long time before I got here. Is that right? See he was going to demonstrate. What a grasp he had on faith. This is something everybody would know about. Is that for the glory of God? Absolutely not. And how did it turn out? He said it. He claimed it. And I heard he doubled down on it when somebody tried to correct him. No, no, I'm in faith. I got, no, you're not in faith. Just because you're saying something, 
Just because you're adamant about it does not mean you're in faith. No. Faith in God can only be based on hearing from God. And how many know you need to hear from Him? Every day. Every day is a new day. So, Mr. Well, you stand on the Word. Which one? It's a big book. People use generalities and phrases, and they can be very misleading and confusing. Just trust God. Just trust God, people say. That sounds good. But what? Trust Him to do what? Just believe God. Believe God. Believe what? A lot of times when people are saying that, they're believing nothing. Believe Him to do what? The only thing you can believe Him to do is what He told you. He would do. And it can't be what somebody else said they heard from Him. It's got to be what you heard for yourself. A living communion with Him. If you live in me, if you abide and dwell in me, and my words live in you, then you'll be at a place where you can ask whatever you want. And it'll come to pass. Why? Because your will's in line with His. Your thinking's in line with it. Come on, can you see this? You're full of His Word, so you're full of the knowledge of His will. But you just hear a phrase here and there, all things are possible. If you'll say it, not doubt, it'll come to pass. And you just, you never pray. You don't spend any time in the Word. I'm going to say this. I'm going to believe this. And it's empty, and it's dead, and it's nothing. It sounds like faith to people who don't know what faith is, but it's not real faith. Selah. <laughs> Later on in that same book of John, he said, uh, John 12, 43, said, They love the praise of men more than the praise of God. No. We need to forget about what people think about our faith. I said we need to forget about that. What if they think I don't have faith? Well, you got nothing to prove to them. Your faith is between you and God. Romans 14 in closing, I think. Would you go there, please? Romans 14 and 22. Learning some of this has helped me so much in the ministry because as things get bigger, As you get on more uh, media, more people see you, know you, hear about you. You know, it's the same as before. If three people knew about you, your flesh, you you know, you don't want to do badly. You don't want to fail. You don't want to mess up. But fear of man brings a snare. And if you get concerned about what people might say or think, it'll keep you from listening to God. It'll keep you from stepping out and doing things that you need to do. Jesus made himself of no reputation. We need to do the same. What do you think? Who should you care what they think about your faith? One. The one you have faith in. And he knows what he told you and what he didn't tell you. He knows. I know uh, one of the early years while I was at Ramah, this came up, and the Lord taught me about this very thing. It was a cold winter day, and uh, I had finished ministering at the healing school. And I went outside uh, to get in my car and go. Cold, wind was blowing. 
I had a Corvette project car. It was a 73 that had been wrecked and vandalized. <laughs> but, uh, man, it turned out wonderful because I got it for hardly anything. I'd always wanted one and never had one. It had a big hole in the side. Wires were down under the dash and smoked and all kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, But one day I was in my office. And they called me to the front and said, somebody's here to see you. I came and a guy I never seen, he was smiling from here to here. He said, is that your car out in the front, that, that Corvette? I said, yeah. I thought, oh, you know, wonder if I leaked oil on somebody's <laughs> driveway or something. You know? And he said, uh, I am a Corvette specialist, have been for, I think so, almost 30 years. My specialty is paint and body work. I've never met this guy. He said, I saw that car and the Lord dealt with me to make that car right. And, and to uh, make it, you know, like a magazine picture. And he said, if you'll buy the materials, I'll do everything else. And he did. He put a spoiler on it. We painted it what, pearl white with uh, metallic blue fades in the vents. I mean, it was great. Well, that's the car I'm about to go start. This is before it got fixed. So I went out there. And uh, I turned the key and it went, and it was cold. And I thought, okay. Turned it off. I went out and I raised the hood and I looked. And I looked at the battery. The battery was many years old. I thought, yep, that battery's toast. And a lot of times batteries, if they're a little bit weak, the first cold snap. You're going to find out about it. And so uh, some young Raymond students came by and they saw me under the hood. Uh, they're first-year students, and and uh, they came by and they said, "Oh, so it didn't start?" I said, "No." They said, "Why don't you just speak to it? You have faith, don't you? Why don't you just speak to it?" Well, I'm, before I tell you what I did, what do you think? What should I do? Well, you have faith, don't you? Well, just speak to it. So what would be wrong with that? How does faith come? How can you believe unless you hear? You can't. So I checked my heart. I got nothing on speaking to this thing. I said, no. They said, well, I thought you were a faith man. Because I taught faith there at the school. thought you were a faith man. I said, I am. Well, why don't you just speak to it? I said, no. I said, now, if I was, me and, and, and family or somebody were up in Alaska somewhere and it was 20 below and there's nobody around to help and we needed to get out of there, I believe the Lord would help me. We'd speak to this thing and it'd start. But what's that called, the guy's name? He's right over there. He's got some jump start cables. I got faith to buy a new battery. <laughs> that I can have money to buy a new battery and whatever... I got confidence there. He said, well, if you'd had enough faith. No, see, this, people don't understand faith. People don't understand faith. This is exactly what the enemy tried to get Jesus to do when he took him up on the pinnacle of the temple. Come on, can you see that? And he said, jump off. It's written. It's written. He'll give his angels charge over you. They'll bear you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone. So what? Jump. You got faith? Jump. Did he jump? No. No. 
Why? Because he didn't have enough faith to jump? No, because that's not real faith. If the father had spoken to him to do something, he would have. Otherwise, you acknowledge, I can't do anything of myself. So if I jump off of here without hearing from him. Another law he set in motion called gravity. (laughs) Is going to cause me to have a bad day. Right? (laughs) No. See, people are saying things and doing things to prove their faith. And a lot of times to try to impress other people. You see, the enemy tried that with me. Here's these students. I'm an instructor. I teach faith. Show it. Demonstrate it. You know? And then it starts up and you go, there, boys, that's how you're supposed to do it. Right there. Huh? No, see, that's, that's seeking your own glory. That's seeking your glory. Trying to impress people with your faith is a bad idea. It's going to end badly. Somebody say, I have to hear from him. I must. Otherwise, you can't believe. And he said, how can you believe if you're seeking the praise and honor that comes from other people? The implication is you can't. You can't believe there either. Romans 14. Verse 22. Do you have faith? That's kind of like those commercials have milk. Got faith? What do you do? Have it to yourself. Between you and God. That's something you got to try to show somebody. Prove somebody. Have it to yourself. Before God. If you read that whole chapter. He's talking about not pushing your confidence off on somebody else. Not trying to get them to do something because that's what you believe. They may not be there. Happy is he that condemns not himself in that thing which he allows. What's he saying? Your faith is personal between you and the Lord. It's not something that you're trying to put on display and show anybody anything. It's between you and him. And the biggest thing you got to watch is your heart. Because out of it are the issues of life. And with the heart, man believes. So anything that bothers your heart is going to prevent your faith from working. I said, whatever bothers your heart. First John talks about if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence toward God. What if your heart does condemn you? You won't have confidence toward God. When I thought about speaking to that battery in front of those guys to try to show them something about faith, I had a check. Something about this is not right. Why? I best not override that. Do not override that. Just because somebody didn't do this or they did do that, every decision that you need to make concerning your money, finances, concerning your health, Every decision, you got to hear from him about it. What's he quickening to you? And if he checks you about, don't ignore this. Don't override with your heart bothering you and you pushing through, claiming this and saying this and claiming this and your heart's bothering you while you're saying it. 
You're going to fall. Keep reading. He said, read the last part of verse 22. Happy is he that condemns not himself in that thing which he allows. I mean, it's priority. Keep your heart clear. Keep your heart clear. Something's bothering your heart. Stop it now. Something you need to do and your heart's bothered until you do it. Do it. Get to it. Do it now. Verse 23. He that doubts is condemned if he eats because he eats not of faith. For whatever is not of faith is sin. Saying and doing stuff that's violating your conscience and overriding what the Spirit of God It's not just not faith, it's also sin. To him that knows to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. No, friend, the answer to a thousand and one questions every day is be led. Hear from me. How many know there is no substitute for checking in with him on a regular basis? Feeding your faith on the word of God. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Checking in with him. And is how many can say he's faithful? Every time you need to stand and you need to believe for something, you seek him, you ask, you look, he'll speak to you about it. He'll quicken you about it. And when he does, faith comes by hearing that anointed word. Oh, hallelujah. When you hear it, you know it. Man, your confidence comes up in you. You don't have to ask somebody else, can I believe that? It comes up in you. And you know, this. I believe this, and I can believe this. Praise God. And when you do that, all things are possible. Hallelujah to you in that area when you're believing, and it'll surely come to pass. And God will get the glory. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.